welcome to the 24th episode of the podcast F4. We're calling it that since it's easier to say than food and frightening film fanatics. Uh, Just a few notes about where we are. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Podbean. Uh, We're also on Twitter at Food and Fright. Or check us out on our website at foodandfrighteningfilmfanatics.podbean.com. Uh, Also, give us a review if you like what you're hearing, because that will definitely help us out. This week, we're covering the Resident Evil movie series. There are six films total. I'll star Mila Jovovich as the lead character, Alice, and I'll involve Paul W.S. Anderson in some capacity as writer, director, producer, or all three. So, I'll list the six episodes, the six, um different movies below. I won't list Paul W. Anderson as writing and directing or producing unless otherwise noticed. Just just know that he was involved in the film in some way. So the first one, Resident Evil 2002. The second one, Resident Evil Apocalypse 2004, directed by Alexander Witt. The third one, Resident Evil Extinction 2007, directed by Russell Mulcahy. Then next, Resident Evil Afterlife from 2010. This is the first movie that was released in 3D. Next, Resident Evil Retribution 2012. This one is also in 3D. And then the last one, Resident Evil The Final Chapter. Again, written and directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. So you can see all those movies uh, were released either two or at the most three years apart. There's also a series of animated films. Um, I won't review here, but I just wanted to mention them. There's Resident Evil Degeneration from 2008, Resident Evil Damnation from 2012, and Resident Evil Vendetta from 2017. Where to watch these movies? All are available on Amazon, but they're not free for members. They're $4 each. Amazon also has all three of the animated movies, and then Hulu has Resident Evil Vendetta, which I did watch. Uh, Vudu, YouTube, iTunes, and Google also have them for a fee. None of them are currently on Netflix, Shudder, or Tubi. Rotten Tomato scores. The first Resident Evil, critics gave it a 35, audiences gave it a 67%. Resident Evil Apocalypse, critics gave it a 20, audiences gave it a 60. Resident Evil Extinction, critics gave it a 23, audiences gave it a 58. Resident Evil Afterlife, critics gave it a 23, audiences gave it a 49. Resident Evil Retribution, critics gave it a 29, audiences gave it a 51. And Resident Evil The Final Chapter, critics gave it a 37, audiences gave it a 48. You could obviously see from this that there's a big divide between what critics and audiences think about the movies. In fact, most of the time, audiences rate the movies um, twice as high as critics do. I think what the critics um, have panned the movies for is a lack of consistency of the plot, and in many cases, the plot is paper thin. Um, While I'd like to see a good story... I'm really here for the zombie kills and the cool action scenes where Alice kicks ass in fun ways, so the plot is secondary to me. So why should you watch these movies? 
Resident Evil is the highest grossing movie franchise based on a video game with $1.2 billion in box office sales worldwide based on a budget of $288 million. It is also, and I think, hopefully this is true, um, I just looked it up and one source said that it is the 13th highest grossing horror franchise of all time. Um, and again, what we're talking about here is just the live action uh, movies. We're not talking about the video games and we're not talking about the animated series. In fact, Al, the character of Alice does not even exist in the games. Uh, the first Resident Evil video game was released in 1996. It was created, it was created by Shinji Mikami and Takura Fujiwara and is owned by Capcom. It is credited with starting the survival horror genre in gaming. And there have been some 11 main games released to date with a lot more spinoffs. Um, and another reason you should watch the movie is Mila Jovovich as Alice is one of the best female heroines in movies. Uh, she's right up there with Ellen Ripley from Alien, Sarah Connor from Terminator, and Laura Croft. Um, and the bride as kick-ass ladies who take care of business. So she's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, the plot. Um, all Resident Evil movies focus on Alice's battle with the mysterious Umbrella Corporation and the zombies is unwittingly created from something called T-Virus. Umbrella is located underneath Raccoon City, which is apparently is American City, somewhere in the Midwest, in a secret bioweapons facility known as the Hive. The Red Queen is an AI program that attempts to protect the facility. And um, when the T-Virus was released, it tried to protect the facility by killing everyone inside. Unfortunately, they just reanimated as zombies. Her favorite saying to anyone who tries to enter the facility is, you're all going to die down here. So, first movie, we really already gave you the basic plot, but at the beginning of the movie, Alice wakes up in the shower with amnesia, and she doesn't know anything about her past or what's happened, and that's because after the T-Virus was released inside the hive, um, the Red Queen, as I said, tried to kill everyone inside and also released um, some gas that gave her amnesia. Um... So what she does is she joins a group of soldiers who are attempting to re-enter the facility and figure out what's happened. Too bad when they first encounter zombies, they don't know how to kill them. So that's the basic gist of the first Resident Evil, the second Re Resident Evil Apocalypse. Oh, and just so you know, these words that are at the end of Resident Evil Apocalypse, Extinction, Afterlife, Rest Retribution... They don't really mean anything. I think they just had to call them something to differentiate them from the other movies. So don't think that has anything to do with the plot, actually. So Apocalypse, the movie picks up exactly where the first one left off. The T-Virus has escaped the hive and is now turning everyone in Raccoon City into zombies. Our team tries to locate Umbrella Scientist Dr. Ashford's missing daughter and get the hell out of town before the city is nuked by the Umbrella Corporation. It turns out Ashford created the virus as a way to heal his daughter, who's named Angela, and Nemesis slash Matthew Addison, who from the first movie makes an appearance, and um, Alice escapes after 
Nemesis actually regains some of his memories and his humanity and decides that he doesn't want to kill her, but the whole gist of the film is really to try to get those together to kill each other. So Alice and some of the team escape in a helicopter, but it crashes into the mountains, and then an almost dead Alice is retrieved by Umbrella to again be experimented on. And in the end, very end of this movie, Alice is whisked away from the facility by Carlos, Jill, and LJ, and unbeknownst to them, we hear in a voiceover that Project Alice has been activated by Umbrella. What they plan for her to do out there in the world, I don't know. Uh, the third one, Resident Evil Extinction. Uh, the special effects here are better, in my opinion, than the previous two installments. So the epidemic first was in the hive, then it went to... Uh, above ground raccoon city and now it has spread throughout the entire world and umbrella is making many clones of alice in order to try to harness her powers and her resistance to the t-virus um, i think there were some like 96 alices listed at some point um, the real alice while the beginning of the movie we think alice is killed but she's not it's just one of the clones that they're experimenting on the real alice is in fact in las vegas and she is trying to help a group of travelers get to Arcadia, Alaska, which is supposed to be a safe community. So that's Extinction, Afterlife. Again, this was the first film released in 3D, and it's four years after the events of the last movie. Alice and her clones stage a cool assault on the Tokyo Umbrella Facility, and it looks like Wesker is killed. Uh, more on that later. Alice heads to Alaska and finds Claire, whose memory has been erased. And then next they go to L.A. where they meet a group of survivors, including Claire's brother, Chris. And a creature called the Axeman arrives and wreaks havoc on the group. So Axeman is really great. I, I think that's one of the highlights of the series. Um, Alex and the series, um, Alex and Claire finally defeat Axeman, but it wasn't easy. Then they head to a freighter that is offshore, and that's actually what Arcadia is. Um, but of course, it's supposed to be a safe haven, but it's not. It's a trick by Umbrella. So Wesker is there and wanted to eat Alice in order to bond the T-virus in his body. They fight. Alice prevails. And then all the people in stasis Alice releases. And just when it looks like they might all be safe and live happily ever after, a group of helicopters commanded by a now brainwashed Jill Valentine prepare to attack the boat. Um, Afterlife might be my favorite movie of the series. I like the cool slow-mo action. I know not everybody does, and I know some people um, have criticized the multiple, multiple cuts where you can't really tell what's going on. There are so many cuts in the uh, scene. But um, I think I liked Afterlife. Uh, one of the issues here is, as you recall in Extinction, supposedly the T-virus wiped out not just humans around the world, but also destroyed all of the plant life, animal life, and... It was specifically noted, dried up all the rivers, but in Afterlife, you now have a uh, the ocean mysteriously back and a freighter on it. So those are one of the uh, plot issues that we'll talk about in a second. Next up, Retribution. 
This one is also in 3D, and it picks up at the end of the last movie. Alice is captured after the fight uh, on Arcadia, and then she awakens. She's in an underground station off the coast of Russia, and that station has simulations of several areas, including New York, Tokyo, and Moscow. Ada Wong and Wesker tell Alice the Red Queen has taken over Umbrella and Alice must save the world. But wasn't that what she was trying to do in the first place? I don't know. Um, and since when has Wesker become a good guy? So, in my opinion, he should not be trusted. Uh, he's been a villain for the last four movies. Uh, in this one, we also meet clones of people who died previously, such as Carlos and Rain. And Jill is back again, but she's still under the control of Umbrella. There's a fun fight in the snow. Um, and then they're off to D.C. to make their last stand for humanity as zombie hordes attempt to attack the White House. Um, again, I'm not sure what that has to do anything, but it's a cool visual. So we'll just roll with it. And lastly, Resident Evil, the final chapter. So in this, um, in the series, this is series finale, so basically take everything you learned about the basic evil mythology up to this point and throw it out the window because none of it matches what happens in the final one. So in this version of events, Dr. Marcus created, see, notice it's Dr. Marcus and not Dr. Ashford who created the T-virus as a cure for his daughter, who was suffering from premature aging. He was then killed by Wesker at Isaac's command, and the girl's image was used to create the red dragon, and Umbrella started trying to weaponize the T-virus. And in this version of events, the T-virus was released by Dr. Isaacs on purpose to rid the planet of its excess population. Remember, we saw in the first film that it was released not by him, but by Spence. Um, and either it's an accident or on purpose. But here, supposedly everything was planned way, way in advance by Umbrella. And here again, Isaacs is not dead. The person that, I, that Alice killed previously, who she thought was Isaacs, was, surprise, a clone because there's lots of clones running around in this series. So, Umbrella has a, a number of chosen people who are in stasis underneath Raccoon City in uh, the Hive, and the idea is after they completely wipe out the entire human population, these people will emerge and take over the world again. Um, of course, we're supposed to forget that they also bombed Raccoon City in order to keep the zombies from spreading in the second movie. And these bunkers are right underneath Raccoon City. But, whatever. Um, it should come as no surprise that Wesker's actions in the last movie were total BS, and he has betrayed Alice and returned to the Hive. Again, this makes absolutely no sense. Um, but the Red Queen contacts Alice and tells her she has 48 hours to get back to the hive to get the antivirus, to kill the zombies, and to save the remaining 4,400 humans that are left on the planet. Um, so Claire is back, and she's the only other person besides Alice that survived up to this point. 
And in the end, Alice is told that she is a clone. And she's a clone of the still alive but really old Alicia Marcus. So Wesker is fired by Alicia and then promptly killed by the Red Queen because he's no longer an Umbrella employee and the Red Queen couldn't kill him until he um, was not an employee since she was programmed to protect him. And then we think that Alice has successfully killed Isaacs via pocket, pocket hand grenade, but nope, um, that didn't happen. Isaac's clone ends up killing him for being an abomination. So that was another strange twist. Then Alice releases the antivirus, um, even though she thinks it will kill her, in order to save the remaining humans. And then thousands of zombies die on the spot. That was a cool visual. Um, And it will take several weeks or months for the virus to be carried by the wind around the world. Um, But when we think Alice has died, she hasn't. It turns out that the only the T-virus in her body was destroyed. And the now-dead Alicia, because Wesker blew up uh, the hive, uh, Alicia had left a gift for Alice, and that's a contact lens that contains all her past memories that Alice can finally have a childhood which we had no memory of before. So that's kind of sweet. Um, I had heard from a number of people that they thought the uh, finale was absolutely horrible, They complained about the things I've already mentioned, which is the rapid-fire editing job, and some said it's the worst they had ever seen in a motion picture. Um, I didn't watch this in the theater. I watched it on Amazon uh, initially, and then I watched it again today, just in preparation for this, and I didn't think it was that horrible. I mean, uh, the rapid editing doesn't bother me at all. Um, If you can look past the sketchy mythology, it's still a lot of fun. So I think you have to take these movies for what they're intended to be, which is shoot them up action sequences and not get hung up on anything else. So let's see. What do we have here in the way of trivia? So I'll hit hit a few highlights from the six movies. Resident Evil is known as Biohazard in Japan. It was named Resident Evil due to the hive being located under the Spencer Mansion. George Romero, who we talked about last week, was at one time scheduled to write and edit the first uh, Resident Evil, and he actually worked on the script for years, but he was later fired uh, because um, it wasn't going in the direction that the studio wanted him to go. Interestingly, his version featured Jill Valentine as the lead character instead of Alice, and there were also several other scripts by different writers that were also passed on. Paul W.S. Anderson had previously directed Mortal Kombat in 1992, and that's another film based on a video game, and he also did Event Horizon. The original title of the first movie was Resident Evil Ground Zero, but after 9-11 it was changed for obvious reasons. And uh, Anderson hired composers Marco Beltrami and Marilyn Manson to do the music for the first movie because he wanted something that was edgy. Uh, Professional dancers were used for many of the zombies in the movies, and they actually went to zombie boot camp to learn how to move, and the two rules that they had were 
no dragging your feet, and no holding your arms out. Mila and Paul W.S. Anderson met on set and were married in 2009. They now have two children. And she was born in the Ukraine to a Serbian doctor father and a Russian actress mother. Mila still speaks Russian with her children at home. Her family immigrated to the U.K. when she was young and then later came to the U.S. Her father was convicted of health care insurance fraud and sentenced to 20 years in 1984, but he got out after five years. And Mila left school at the age of 12 to pursue a modeling career, and she was at one time the world's highest paid model. In order to prepare for the movies, the actors were told to get copies of the video games and play them through. And, interestingly, both the presidents of Capcom Japan and Capcom America appear in the first movie as zombies. And, of course, Capcom is the creator of the Resident Evil video game series. Sarah Michelle Gellar was originally slated to star as Alice. And Gwyneth Paltrow was offered the role of Alice. Uh, after seeing Mila Jovovich, I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, obviously, we'd never know till we saw him, but I think she's the perfect Alice for this. The first film is included on Roger Ebert's most hated list. And I read his review. It's pretty harsh. Um, and I think over the years, he softened up to it by the time we got to some later um, movies. There are a lot of references in the movies to Alice in Wonderland, such as Alice, the Red Queen, the Looking Glass, etc. Snoop Dogg was originally chosen to play LJ in Resident Evil 2, uh, but left the project before filming began. And the nemesis suit in Resident Evil 2 weighs 60 pounds. The stuntman could only wear it for 12 minutes at a time before getting too hot. A newspaper that reads The Dead Walk can be seen at the beginning of Resident Evil 2. This is a homage to Romero's Day of the Dead that also has the same headline. STARS, S-T-A-R-S, stands for Special Tactical and Rescue Service. They work alongside Raccoon City Police Department to protect the hive, and many of the characters from the video game series and from the movies um, were in STARS. Uh, many of the movies start with My Name is Alice and, such as uh, In Apocalypse, Retribution, and The Final Chapter. In the first movie, though, we don't know her name. Here's something sad. Um, in the final chapter, a Humvee accidentally pinned a stuntman, killing him. And also, a stunt woman was in a motorcycle crash and eventually had to have her arm amputated. So that just shows you that these, um, these stunts are serious business. Um, in the movies, the T-virus is always depicted as blue and the antivirus is depicted as green. Jovovich and Anderson's daughter actually played the Red Queen in the last movie, so that's pretty cool. And the memories that Alicia Marcus uploaded for Alice were actually home videos of their daughter ever. Um, the makeup to turn Mila into an older Alicia Marcus took four to five hours. And we learned that Alicia's, I'm sorry, Alice's real name in the series is actually Janice Prospero. 
Let's see. There are a variety of creatures. Let me just go over them real quick. In the movies. Um, and many of them are from the video games. So they include liquors. So liquors are an early experiment by Umbrella. And they get their name because they have really long tongues. And they can climb any surface uh, vertically or horizontally. And they like to eat people. Um, Spence Parks meets his maker in the first film thanks to one of these. There are zombie crows from the third movie, so those are pretty cool. Um, and that was also the third movie. That scene was a homage to Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. There are zombie dogs. They are called uh, Cerberus, and they're Doberman-looking dogs that are infected with a T-virus, and they appear in several movies. Um, there is Nemesis, which we already talked about a little bit. That's Matt from the first movie who was experimented on along with Alice, and he becomes this big, giant, hulking thing. There's also Tyrant, and Tyrant is Dr. Uh, Alexander Isaacs after taking large doses of the T-virus. Um, and he's pretty crazy looking after that. There's also the Axeman, which I mentioned in Afterlife, and he's a really big guy with a really big axe, so one of my favorites. There are zombies with tentacles, um, like flowering tentacles that come out of their mouth. And those are a super cool effect. They are called, I think it's Magini in the video game. So it's M-A-J-I-N-I. Um, not sure how they mutated into that, but that's a fun special effect. Um, also, it should be noted that Isaacs was trying to domesticate zombies and turn them into servants. And that's also a throwback to when we talked about George A. Romero's movies, Day of the Dead and Bub, when they were trying to teach him things. Why people want to domesticate zombies, I have no idea. Also, there's these dragons, and they are called, I'm going to screw up this name, it's, uh, I think it's Kaipepeo, K-I-P-E-P-E-O. So they are in... Uh, they arrive at the end of Retribution, and they are also in the final chapter, so they're very cool-looking creatures that are like dragon-lobster-looking things, and they have a grappling hook and really big, sharp teeth. So that was one of the best features of the final chapter, in my opinion. Uh, let's see. mentioned, I think, all of the main characters. Dr. Isaacs, Matthew Addison, Rain... Um, Rain, I wish we'd seen a lot more of, portrayed by Michelle Rodriguez. Spitz, who was portrayed by James Purfoy, who's a great actor. Jill Valentine, Carlos, LJ, Claire, and her brother Chris. Um, uh, Wesker, and Ada Wong. And then there are a few other people from the videos that I won't mention. So, let's see. I wanted to mention two more things. There is um, a video on YouTube, or an article, sorry, an article that lists the total kill count for the Resident Evil franchise at 12,783. How in the world they came up with that number, I have no idea. There's a Digital Spy article that lists Alice as the deadliest action hero of any franchise with 1,296 kills. So that's pretty cool. And then a series reboot. Um, as of January this year, which is the last time that I could find news on this, 
We originally had writer-director Johannes Roberts helming something. Uh, It was originally thought to be six movies with the German company Konstantin Film, who produced the original six movies. And then later, it sounded like they were working on a Netflix TV series. So something is in the works. Uh, It probably won't have Mila Jovovich in it, which is kind of a shame in my opinion, but she's probably, after doing this all these years, uh, is maybe she'll make a a cameo, but is tired of uh, all the time and uh, energy she has to put into these. So in conclusion... Sure, the plot is convoluted and preposterous at times. Sure, many of the established characters are abandoned and never seen again. I still enjoy it for Alice and the zombies and the cool kills. Um, These action scenes are some of the best in the business, in my opinion. The Hive's Hallway of Terror with with the laser grids. Uh, where everyone is sliced to bits, that is super cool. So that was in the first movie and in the last movie. Uh, Alice running headlong down a skyscraper, the Alice clones, Alice's coin gun, the executioner, and the dragons are all super cool in my opinion. Uh, Some people have said which movies you might want to watch or avoid. Uh, The final chapter is pretty much panned across the the spectrum, so um, so that's the one that gets the, uh, the least amount of love right now. Some people have said watch the first three um, and then stop. I think that I like the fourth one, Afterlife, the best, uh, followed by the third one and then the first one, but your mileage may vary, and if you're like me and you just love zombie action movies, watch them all. Just manage your expectations. So that's it for the Resident Evil franchise. Uh, I was trying to think what recipe to come up with. So I ended up with Alice Springs Chicken. And for those of you who don't know, um, Alex Springs Chicken is a copycat of the Outback Restaurant's excellent chicken recipe. So basically they marinate chicken in honey mustard sauce for a couple hours and then they saute it until it's uh, tender and then top it with mushrooms, bacon, and cheese. Um, Let's say I have some more details on here, and obviously I'll post the recipe online. But it's named after the town of Alex Springs, which is in the Northwest Territory of Australia. So let me see what else we got here. Um, Yeah, I mean, I won't go into the details, but basically it's supposed to marinate a couple of hours. Uh, The prep time is not that extensive. And it is really, really good, um, which makes me want to go to Outback. Um, so I think that's it without boring you to death with the specifics. So I hope that um, provided a decent overview of the Resident Evil franchise. Again, I, I still love it despite its flaws. Um, and... We'll let you go for this week. We'll meet you back here next week for another topic. I'm not sure what it will be, but uh, I'm sure it will definitely be something about horror movies. So have a great week, everybody, and we'll talk to you later.